Thank you for tuning in to a Jones production, where we focus on positivity through practical and biblical perception. Dealing with real-life scenarios and challenging situations, we find a way to turn the hurt and pain into positivity and empowerment. Your present may be a result of your past, but it does not have to dictate your future. I should have had several opportunities taken from me in, in situations where I didn't did something stupid. Even just like drinking and driving and doing 120 yes. on the highway or shooting my escape door because I <laughs> yes. was so angry on the highway riding with my 40 couches. Pow! I mean, there's so many situations that, you know, just letting rage, you mm-hmm. know, just get the, the, the most of me in situations of a, of a mindset. But... You, the thing is, is where people mess up, they transition is the fact that they try to transition with that mindset that they have. Right. Hi, and welcome to a Jones production. My name is Shalisa. My name is Mark. And today we're here talking about changes, transitions. Yeah. Change is um, something hard. For me to deal with I don't like change I don't know If I ever like change But it's very hard for me to Deal with change In a lot of areas What are some Memorable transitions That you've had in your life Man that change where I mean I think about like going from the hood or to like Verizon to Quicken Loans, you know. Yeah, that was a a, a fearful change yeah. for me. Yeah, for you know, both of us. I mean, hey, I I didn't know I was gonna have a job, you know, if I <laughs> if I didn't pass that test. You know, they were saying if you failed that mortgage test you know, then you was you was fired. You know, and I mean, some people will say you wouldn't get fired, but in the, the day, how many times did you have to take that test? I took it once. No, I mean, like, was there like a three? What like you, you had three times to take it. Well, the- in theory, they said technically you had three chances, but some people they didn't. That wasn't the case. So I mean, uh, okay. it really kind of was on a case per case basis, uh, okay. depending on how much they liked you, right. because you had to wait thirty days if you failed. Right. So that's kind of like one of those type of things where if you failed it, then you had to, you know, kind of go and hang out in a different part of the company called Blueprint or mm-hmm. I think they call it Foundation now, where you just dial and dial and dial. But I mean, I I, don't, I, I, I knew for a fact, at least the way I had my mind made up was it was all or nothing. Right. You know, and that motivated me because, you know, I was all in. Like my mindset was if I failed this test, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, for one, I wasn't going to be able to make it because the the pay was so low mm-hmm. and I had to get on the banking floor to start making some real money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that was one motivating factor. But the, the, the main motivating factor was the fact that I'm like, man, this is corporate America. I already don't fit in. I already came from the hood and I already got this mindset, you know, that don't even fit with, you know, the white collar environment. So right. I already knew for a fact that I was kind of like, you know, I stuck on like a sore thumb. Right. You know, and it was hard. So I already kind of had my mind made up like, you know what? I got to pass this test. Like, mm-hmm. I'm passing it. I'm about to just, I'm passing it. Ain't no right. way in the world I'm not going to pass it. So, I mean, 
the the atmosphere itself was a huge transition. I mean, going from the hood to, you know, corporate America, work working downtown Detroit, Lafayette, and working, you know, at the Cube down on uh, Woodward. You know, <laughs> it's just one of the type of things where you just think about all those, you know, this the the movie scene of like you going right. down the elevator you got your suit on you got your briefcase on you your you know, adult job I'm, I'm i'm working out of a real real building but i go from obviously the south side of ypsilanti you know getting into fights in the middle of michigan ave you know mm-hmm. selling crack out the crack house to you know now i'm working for corporate america right you know i mean that's a, a night and day transition you know and did you recall being excited nervous or i wouldn't necessarily say uh i was more so just pride pride is what i feel like was the thing like the whole chip on the shoulder right I, i took that same hood mentality to you know corporate america and in fact i remember it was a co-worker that i that uh because i ended up checking the team captain in the huddle you know one time mm-hmm. i'm like just pretty much like look bro you ain't gonna be talking to me this kind of way just like i'm from the hood i'll beat the brakes off you and i told him that point blank range straight up you know in the meeting like i ain't the one to play with and then my man's pulled me aside he was from the hood he's like man right. you can't be doing it that fire you i'm like man i don't care man i, I, I get another job he's harassment like, man. but see the thing is <laughs> but see my mindset was so far gone and i'm glad i you know and it's so crazy because the dude that told me that to pull me aside to have that conversation he actually ended up getting fired like a month later wow but the thing is is after he pulled me aside and we had that conversation over by the snap room he's kind of like look bro man look you know we from we black we from the hood so technically this ain't even we ain't supposed to be here he kind of like you know told right. me that but i'm like man my mentality is like no i go wherever i want to go that was my mentality my mentality my mindset right but at the same time i was gonna let my ignorance pretty much just put me in a situation where i would have lost on lost on that opportunity because i mean quicken loans it is a is, is i mean in real talk it's a life-changing opportunity right yeah. you know coming from where i came from you know you have a posi- opportunity to make obviously well over six figures in a matter of just getting a mortgage license and grinding for you know six months to a year isn't that crazy that you didn't know that you were maybe i don't know if you knew but you didn't know then that your ignorance could have stopped you from going down that road yeah in that situation like that's crazy like if you would have had a different if you would have switched something well the slightest bit you know well i mean i believe that too it was grace you know that's one thing i can tell you you know and God has shown me grace through so many situations, Mm -hmm. you know, to where I know I should have been, you know, I should have had several opportunities taken from me in in situations where I didn't did something stupid, even just like drinking and driving and doing 120 on the highway or shooting my escape door because (laughs) I was so angry on the highway riding with my 40 couches. I mean, it's so many situations that, you know, just letting rage you know, mm-hmm. just get the 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 most of me in situations of a of a mindset, but you, the thing is, is where people mess up, they transition, is the fact that they try to transition with that mindset that they have, right. and that was, you know, uh, I feel like in my opinion, one of the biggest transitions that I made 
you know, from my life because, I mean, it literally not just put me in a whole different, you know, um, environment, but it, it, it showed me a new way of thinking, like uh, the exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always going to refer to this book, you know, Jamal 9 to 5. Yeah, yes. Because, I mean, even when he talked about that in the book, you know, I experienced it on, on so many different levels, you know, um, even just working downtown, you know, going throughout to, to all the places, you know, uh, meeting the meetings. They talk about, you know, Dan Gilbert, he has so many different meetings and stuff like that. And and it's just the exposure that you get, you know, to like that lifestyle. Right. To where, Something different. Where, I mean, you got Texas Day, Brazil, you got so many different, like, my thing is in the hood, you, you don't think about. You know, I mean, you would think even spending twenty dollars. Wait a minute, hold on. On the on the meal. Hold on. (laughs) I remember the first time we went to Olive Garden, and it was like not even that far from Ipsy. And you like, I ain't never been here before. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And that's not even. I don't even consider that really high upscale. You know? Yeah, but see, that's the thing that. That right there, it just shows you from where people start, you know, and then they make the transition. Like, because people can start in such a low area in living and right. thinking to where they try to transition to, you know, a higher way of thinking or higher way of living. is It's hard for them to comprehend it, but also as a mindset, mm-hmm. you know. And you got to you gotta change. I feel like really in reality, that's really where the transition takes place mm-hmm. is it takes place. In the mindset. Now, I do believe that God is always going to open up doors for people to transition into certain situations or to certain to certain areas to have that exposure. Because I do understand that sometimes you have to have exposure to be able to grow into a certain mindset. And saying that, too, you have to be willing to jump, though, too. Yeah, Take that it's, it's that faith. Yeah, it's that. I mean, and, and I, I, I go back to the whole, you know, Quicken Loans. That was faith. Like. I think at Verizon, I, and this is just being a hundred percent transparent. I forget. I, I think I was. I'm not sure how I was making much. I was making like maybe thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour. I don't know plus commission. Right. And um, I think maybe even a little bit more. I don't know, but I know I was getting you know commission checks anywhere from you know I don't know four to five thousand dollars a month. I don't know. I don't remember. I know it was back in 2014. But then you know to go from that to quick loans and saying okay, well we gonna let you come in, but you gotta make ten dollars an hour. I'm like ten dollars an hour. I go from, you know, fourteen, fifteen dollars right. an hour plus commission to making ten dollars an hour for like the first six months. Transitioning until, backwards. Until I can't so my but my mindset I, I couldn't comprehend the fact that yes, you're gonna be, you know, grinding. You you have a potential to make, you know, well over six figures. You have, you know, you're gonna be doing mortgages. I couldn't my mind could not get there. Yeah. And in fact, you know, you know, Joe, you know, he the one that followed, like, he wasn't going to go. Like, my right. friend Joe, he there now, he a triple crown bank, banker, making bread, getting paid. So, the thing is, is he seen me go, and I'm like, you know, I, I wasn't going to go at first, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to make the jump. But I ended up motivating him to make the jump because I showed him, like, look, it works. I get it. You go, you go make your little $10 an hour, and then you're going to grind, you're going to grind, you grind. Right. But then after, at the end of it all, after you pass your safe test, after you get on the banking floor, then you're going to start seeing the checks rolling. Then you're going to start seeing it. But it takes a, a leap of faith. Yeah, leap and of I faith. And I have to make that leap of faith. And and that was, that was hard because I remember going through that. We was broke. I mean... 
I remember the time that I had to make a decision <laughs> to get deodorant or get gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm driving back and forth to Detroit, from right. Ipsy to Detroit, Ipsy to Detroit. Every single day, that's a 45-minute drive in the snow. So I'm sitting like, man, look, I get back to the crib. I got a quarter ticket gas left, and I ain't got no money. I'm like, I got a little bit of money, but I ain't got no deodorant. I got to get gas. And I'm like, I had to make the decision. Oh, I'm using your deodorant. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, but, but that's the sacrifices that... You know, I know I had to make it. I mean, obviously, we've been way broker than that. But that's just one example of just sacrifice and stepping out on faith and then it paying off. Right. You know, yeah. We ended up buying our crib. You right, know, yeah. the Quicken Loans. And I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, they 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 did a lot as far as instilling, you know, certain values and certain habits in place as far as being able to have, you know, a certain type of mindset, you know, even like my whole go harder shirt, I didn't get it, you know, from Quicken, but it's that go harder mentality. You know, whenever you think that you might be done, you at the end of the day, you know, I'm going I'm to go ahead and, and, and keep on going. I'm going to make, I'm going to dial another number. You know, I don't right. you know, 800 dials. I'm about to go ahead and push another 50, you know, try to get 900 dials today. Mm-hmm. So it's just that mindset that, you know, I believe that they did help instill. And that was a transition because you're going from a, a, a poverty mindset. I mean, at the end of the day, I did have uh, the hustle in me. So that's one thing I just remember even. You know, I'm gonna take this take it way, way back when I used to um, <laughs> work for the WISD, Washington Intermediate School District, and I just remember having to go and get fingerprinted. And mm-hmm. I remember that was off the bus route, and I never forget. I'm like, you know, what? I gotta walk maybe uh, two hours to get to the Washington Intermediate Intermediate School District to get fingerprinted, and it was right. It was two hours off the bus line. I just remember just listening to motivation all the way there. You know, that T.I. song, old school, mm-hmm. get on your job, motivation. That's all I had playing in my ear. But that just reminded me, like, I always had to grind. I always mm-hmm. had to hustle. But my thing is, is it, it never really, that's the thing that stuck. I know we talked about that earlier, about, like, certain things that kept you with the transition. Right. But I feel like when you have that type of mindset, and you elevate, you know, to certain areas, they kind of jive well. Like, right, that's yeah. why Quicken Loans, I feel like, jive well, or I was able to make it in that transition. Because I had a grind state, a mm-hmm. grind mindset, right. you know, just one type of things where that that stuck. But, yeah, that was, that that was, man, that, that was definitely a huge transition going from, you know, Verizon to Quicken Loans. And, I mean, there's it's so many other transitions we can talk about, you know, that's just one of many transitions i mean but what what's a good transition for you i think a hard transition for me i think i have a few actually was leaving my job that i had was really like my first real job oh, yeah. like great clips but i was there for like seven or eight years or something like that but eventually i had to cut it off but i had no idea where i was gonna go what I was going to do, anything. Like, I'm not even sure if I had a job lined up when I quit. But I just knew that that wasn't the place I was going to be at anymore. But even, like, I would say even, like, um, going from no kids to one kid, I think that was one of the biggest transitions because now I have this human that I have to take care of that I have to 
take with me everywhere. Yeah. And I just remember that being, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I called uh, Marky baby for yeah. <laughs> at least the first few months of life because, like, I was just in all like, I still have, I have a child, like. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I better use his name, you know. Um, but to have to, you know, worry about somebody else or not even worry, but to take care of somebody, uh, make sure they are okay, that they're eating, that they're, you know, taking care of when they're sick, that their diapers are changed, that they learn the things, even still to this day, that they learn the things they're supposed to know. Yeah. Like, that is a huge transition. I don't think a lot of people talk about it because, you know, a ba- having a baby is a great thing. But it's a hard transition, I feel like, for a lot of, uh, especially married couples, going from being just them. <laughs> I know, right? We used to go anywhere, used to gamble, like, Literally, Motor with our city. lives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vegas. Just, I mean, I'm just talking about the, like, Reckless drinking. Living. Yeah. You know, we would get in the car and be okay and be, like, slammed, you know? But yeah. I just think that, you know, when now you got a child involved, you know, you think a little bit harder about these situations. And not to say that we were perfect at first because we still had to learn but i feel like that's a a hard transition especially for one a married couple but two for um fathers and for three mothers although we have this human in our belly and we grow them for what nine ten months depending on when they come But, um, you know, sometimes it can feel like that's all you do. Yeah. And that is, I think, the hard thing that nobody talks about. The hard thing that, you know, say it's okay to want a break or to take a time out for yourself or to just have five minutes just to use the bathroom. Because sometimes that's hard. Yeah. You know, but... I think that's the one of the biggest transitions I've had in my life. Uh, would I do it again? Yes. Um, would I do it differently? I don't know. Yeah. One thing that you know came to mind, I just pulled it up real quick, was First Corinthians thirteen eleven. You know, it says, "When I was a child, I talked as a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things." So, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that is, you know, that's a transition scripture right there. You know, it's like as we get older, you know, you put away childish ways of thinking. But I even like parallel that to our lives, like how we was, you know, quote unquote, living reckless, gambling with our lives. And then we, you know, had Marky. Mm -hmm. Now we have Caleb. We have two kids now. So, I mean, even beyond that, you know, as you get older, you would think that you would just transition from this reckless lifestyle because you would think that, okay, we too old to be doing this. <laughs> you know, yeah. we too old to be getting wasted and waking up drunk on the basement floor right. at four o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, let's make our way upstairs. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. But the thing is, a lot of people, they don't 
know how to transition because a lot of people get stuck there right and especially yeah. when you get like because see the problem is a lot of people they get there and they have money i feel like the thing is money corrupt people it does a lot of damage mm-hmm. to people you know and you get a lot of people that's you know sealed up in pride or sealed right. up in a lifestyle and nobody can tell me nothing because hey i got my degree in this i got my six-figure job i mm-hmm. got this disciplined lifestyle where i'm disciplined in these areas so you know what i'm about to go ahead and work hard play hard right. <laughs> you know and that's kind of like the and it, it ain't nothing wrong with that i mean i get it people like to you know do they they whatever they let loose thing but i feel like it also comes back to the whole you know responsibility transitioning being able to be responsible and some people get stuck in those areas and they limit themselves because my thing is right. the times that we could have partied the amount of money that we didn't spent on drinking on gambling the amount on drugs, of money on alcohol on pretty much all that stuff that we quote unquote call fun or call trying to just have a good time if we would have invested that same amount of money effort and you know energy into trying to do something like you know, invest, invest, or even like this podcast. I mean, right. we probably should have been doing this since 2015. Right. You know, now, I mean, obviously 2022, now we, we own it. But at the end of the day, when I think about the fact that people hinder themselves because they just don't, you know, grow out of those childish things, mm. they, don't, they don't transition from one place to the next. But I feel like a lot of people just simply don't know how, you know, yes, and true, that's yeah. the thing. Um, People, they're, they're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know E.T. They was talking about one of the other uh, things on their podcast, the Secret to Success podcast. Shout out to them for show. But um, they was, it was something about, uh, you know, I put it in my notes because I, 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 I wanted to make sure I took it down because it made so much sense. And he didn't, E.T. didn't necessarily quote it this way. I'm not sure if he quoted it this way, but the way it came to me was your motive will find you out. So, like, whatever your motive is, whatever it is that's in your heart, yeah. that's going to find you out. Mm-hmm. So, that's going to pretty much end up be, you know, where you are in life. So, when I think about... Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. But, like, a lot of people don't transition because deep down inside, they don't want to transition. That's true, too, yeah. They don't want anything to... They're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, um, they may have all they may. I mean, because at the end of the day, money ain't a strong enough reason, you know. It's interesting that you're saying this now because I have in my notes. Have you ever acted like you transitioned into something? Either better or worse. Stagnant or more or advanced. You know, yeah. not necessarily asking you the question right now, but. No, I think that goes that, along the line of what you were just saying. Yeah, and I see that it's it's so. How can I say this? It's almost like very deserving, you know, as far as the authenticity of one's spirit, of someone's intentions, being the foundation of their success. You know, it, it lines up with even you know business practices. You know, when I think about. I mean, I guess Quicken Loans is really the... Uh, the Clarify what you mean by deserving. So, when you think about the intentions, mm-hmm. like someone has to have, you know, pure intentions in most cases. Well, they should have pure intentions. But when things work out, you know, and most most of the time in my case scenario, when I first... I'm, that's why I want to use an example. Like when I'm at work, 
you mm-hmm. know, or, or I'm trying to, you know, have a good call to sell someone on a mortgage, mm-hmm. you know. I'm supposed to be selling them from a perspective of trying to help them, you know, right. get a house. Exactly. Not to try to, you know, obviously close. I mean, yes, I do want to get paid, but when I'm doing it from a motive of getting paid as I need this commission check, I need this loan to find, I need you, you ain't nothing but a dollar sign. People right. can sense that, but also that, that energy, you know, puts in place or puts in place, should I say, the the results of my efforts versus right. me having a genuine heart to help them. Because I've seen this That's time true. and time again where I didn't had, you know, loans that should have fallen through. Close loans that shouldn't even close. Like mm-hmm. I know they should have been dead. Anybody else would have denied the loan out, but I had a genuine heart, like, look, I know they deserve this family deserves a house. Right. They need a house. I'm trying to help them get a house. I have the authority to do it and I'm gonna do everything I can in my power to help them because I really wanna see them have a house. So right. I really wanna do it. So that genuine me being genuine like that and having that as the foundation of my why <laughs> look at me like that. <laughs> the foundation of my of my uh goal, like that's my motive, it, it paid off as opposed to whenever I done tried to you know, looked at somebody like trying to get in the head, like get the deal because I want the bread or I want the money. Something happened. To, it didn't it didn't work. It, it fell through. You know, that is so crazy. You say that because that happens even in the salon world, too, because like especially working for corporate places, you have, you know, quotas you have to meet in selling product and stuff like that. They It's an added service. So they want you to sell it, you know, yeah. and every time I did something genuine yeah. And not out of, man, I got to make my numbers. Man, I got to make my numbers. It always, it was like an easy sell. Yeah. Like, yeah. you didn't even have to say, you just said blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that and that's the thing. Like, that right there is, I truly believe, is, and I mean, I, I'm reading this, or should I say listening to this book called How to Sell Your Way Through Life. And uh, he literally talks Who's about that. By? that. Uh, Nick, I want to say, um, oh, I think you would tell me about it for some reason. I think somebody else was telling me about it, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm about to pull it up right now. Why? Cause, cause I'm like, I, I just started listening to it and I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm on like chapter, how to sell your way through life. Who is it by, uh, Napoleon Hill. So yeah, I'm listening to them, but he talks about that. You know, the the your motives has to be genuine and pure. You know, when you have a genuine and pure motive through salesmanship, you know, it goes a far way. Now, this is the thing, like then this is another thing that I wanted to mention too, is another piece of my notes that I put in my um when I when I wanted to say was the fact that you do have people literally coming up off of, you know, the wrong motives. I mean, yeah. I think about like, and then I'm going to go back to Quicken. I mean, Quicken is a double-edged sword. It's both good and bad. I just talked them up. I'm about to chop them down. So, I mean, that's <laughs> one thing that Quicken Loans didn't allow me to do is actually sell with a genuine, pure right. intention because they're so money focused, hungry and yeah. money focused and numbers focused that where, I mean, it's so crazy because 
it's so contradicting because they say that you, they want you to, you know, really care about the client. But at the same token, there is no way for you to care about the client because the numbers are so impossible, say impossible to hit. But they're, they're so, I would say, overbearing to the point to where you really can't give anyone a genuine service because you're so worried about hitting your numbers. Right. So that's one thing that I can say that wholeheartedly, like, look, that's where y'all need to work on that quick. And they need to really be 100 and not being so money hungry on that aspect. But I feel like a lot of people are coming up that way i mean you got people that says um what did i put i mean people are reaping you know from their ill-gotten gain so what i mean by reaping from the ill-gotten gain you got people that you got people that's paid that's coming up off of it but what a lot of people don't even realize or even notice is that people that are like that they are miserable i mean it's a scripture that says that the wicked will never rest you know there's no rest for the wicked right so i mean you got people like and that's the thing a lot of people will see okay they doing it. I remember when I was in Blueprint, I worked with a guy and he used to like do some of the most dirtiest stuff to get, you know, loan, loans transferred to loan officers. That was a part of the business that I was in at the time. But, you know, we was the top in sales and we ended up teaming up because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm number one. He was number two and then vice versa. We'd be battling sometime. He'd be number one. I'd be number two. But he had a loan officer, you know, that he was sending transferring calls directly to but i'm on the phone i'm grinding you know i'm staying you know 8 a.m to 10 p.m or whatever 9 p.m whatever i'm grinding all day long doing it the the real way but then you have people that's literally cutting corners and cheating and doing all this stuff ill-gotten they getting paid they getting money but you gotta think about the mindset you gotta think about the heart you gotta think about the the reaping of the uh, the reaping of the the um the negative effects of, the, of their heart. Like these people are not living happy lives. My thing is a lot of, a lot of times those people are living in bondage, right? You know, they either addicted to some sort of, you know, substance, whether if they smoking all the time, drinking all the time, you know, cocaine was a huge problem. I mean, I know I was addicted to cocaine when I was at Quicken Loans. I mean, you got so many other mortgage bankers on that junk too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just one of the type of things where, you know, People are coming up based on ill-gotten gain and people will think that, you know, people are successful, that they're living like high on the hog and they, they, they live in, you know, you got social media, people showing a highlight reel, but they didn't came up off of ill-gotten gain. So, and, and I always said this in my, even years ago, I put this as my, um, as like a meme quote on my LinkedIn. I'm not sure if it's still there, but I said, success built on integrity no you want to get to success through integrity no i forget what it was i'm I'm already butchering the quote but all i know is that it said something about integrity sustains it so mm-hmm. you know you want to build your say yeah you want to build your success on integrity because it will sustain it it will sustain your success and a lot of people that's why you see you know the people do the mc hammer all the time <laughs> and, they, and they just end up like you know they down and out right. <laughs> like, it's like man you you was the man you you was up there and now you you He's down you gone you ain't i mean and, and that's where it's you don't want to be i mean you want things to be authentic right you know to the core you know so i truly believe that your motive and your 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 reason for doing things should be the you know the the main motor if you will pushing you you know and i feel like that's gonna help any transition 
because it's gonna help that transition take a face like you know they like a perm that that take or a perm that don't take <laughs> like if you got something that took oh that one didn't take so if you get like a perm that took it you know it, it's like kind of like <laughs> like that huh? it works yeah yeah so i mean that's that's really it the trans because transitions I feel like it can be temporal, but transitions can be permanent. You know, you don't want to. Uh, it's like an S curl. If you leave that S curl in too long, you got ooh, a perm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I was looking for the scripture that we came across in church this weekend, or not this. Well, this weekend and last weekend. Uh, it's not what goes into the body. Oh yeah. But what comes. Out of the heart. Out of the heart. Yeah. I think that ends in Matthew 15, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's all about the heart life, you know? Yeah. Um, also, I got here, down here, changes with your children. Because I feel like we're going through some of those transitions right now. With yeah. Caleb teething. And he's just biting everything and biting everything and biting everything. Yeah. You know? So those are another... Uh, transitions you go through or even like um, some of our church transitions man you know that's a whole nother segment <laughs> we about to do this right now so we 30 minutes in start a segment two <laughs> so we, are, we are officially in segment two because you just brought up something that i feel like is a huge transition that no one talks about but i'm sorry keep going with your point um well basically you know i just wanted to you know i feel like we we started at one church and we were there for quite a while and then we transitioned to a deliverance ministry quote unquote and that was a huge um i feel a transition for me but even at the first church we went to uh we had uh, quite a few pastors yeah. Well, two one before this time, but two pastors that we went through, and I felt like one of those was really hard for you to uh, transition to, yeah, because you know it's abrupt. You know, usually pastors stay for life, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that was you know different. I feel like for both of us too, but also i feel like it was good you know we couldn't see the good at at the time of change but we stayed in now and then we did see the good until it was time for us to leave and transition to another church yeah and i and i see that the thing the thing is with transitions you know it's I, I truly believe that when you're born again, go ahead. I want to say something too. Uh, when I was thinking about this for our topic, I was thinking about seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, that's man, you so, that's crazy that you, I was just about to go into that. Because I was like, <laughs> what happens when you get born again? <laughs> you so, know. what happens when you get born again, obviously you enter the school of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, I talk about it in this book right here. <laughs> Who am I? So this is definitely a, a book that I talk about that. But also it's another book I want to mention that I kind of haven't been mentioning lately. But this here book, God's Process, is huge. You know, I, I left this out 
uh, the last couple times, but I definitely want to talk about this book more so in this uh, segment because this talks about exactly what we're talking about is transitioning. Mm-hmm. You know, because I truly believe that the Holy Ghost took us through seasons in our life. Right. And when I say like seasons, obviously we was at a particular church and then we ended up going to, you know, the false deliverance church. And then we have to, you know, I believe it was an assignment. Well, I know it was an assignment. Right. But now it's like I see even more so what my new assignments are because Mm -hmm. of me just going through these seasons of transitioning. Right. But when you do that, you know, you develop fruit in areas where only you would help. You you only would have developed the fruit had you gone through that. So exactly. You, yeah. you have to go through things. And I forget who was somebody says something. Oh, it was E.T. You said something about like, you know, um, he had to go and do something with his mother because it wasn't for his mother. It was for him. Exactly. So sometimes you have to actually go through certain things, not for, you know, somebody else. I mean, it, it is going to be for somebody else, you know, because it's going to be reciprocity. So you are helping somebody else. That's how these books came about. You know, the. um the witchcraft gospel and the Omega Network, I believe these books will set a lot of people free. These books paired together. But, you know, I had to learn a lot as well on my own through going through that transition. But no, God's process, you know, that's really the the um, the number one, you know, I would say process of transitioning. Mm-hmm. Because, see, I was going to go all the way back. And that's why I wanted to do this, make this the second segment, because you brought up something that was huge, you know, the church thing, but being born again, Mm -hmm. because, you know, when I got born again, obviously I was in a lifestyle that was so crazy. I'm going to bring up this book here. This is another book, Our Dark Journey to His Glorious Light, A Look Into My Salvation Journey. I mean, it's a journey. And I talk about that a little bit is the transition. I mean, I went from... Obviously, learning how to cook crack on the stove and popping ecstasy pills to, you know, going down to a Joyce Meyer conference and getting born again, you Mm -hmm. know. But the transition process, it took place, you know, organically. It it was no way that, you know, it's not the way it it looked. You know, people would say you go to church like you got the movies, the cliche movies and stuff like that. That, you know, showed a guy in church. I mean, yes, I was raising my hand. I was crying, all that stuff like that. But they don't ever show, like, the the nook and cranny, the details. Like, the fact that, you know, I stumbled. I I got back on drugs. I ended up doing coke. I ended up, you know, going through crazy, you know, situations in our marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. we almost lost our marriage. You know, we had all these type of crazy scenarios playing out while I'm going through the transition process of growing. You know, and... The thing is, when people are born again, people don't know what that looks like. And that's why I put in God's process, you know, I have the story of Angeline, you know, of what it looks like for her to be born again. You know, what it looks like for that transition. The transition, is it's all about habits. It's all about, you know, what you're doing, what you're ingesting, what you're taking in. So a lot of people that get born again, they don't understand the fact that you're going to have to go against the grain. You're going to mm-hmm. have to essentially change everything that you were doing. A lot of people, they essentially live life in automatic. So if right. you've been living life in automatic, if you got a certain set of music you listen to, a certain set of shows that you listen to, a certain way of doing things, and then you try to like just jump up and stop doing it, it's going to be hard. Right, yeah. So the thing is, is... I would say they say that the number way take 30 days to break a habit. But my thing is the number one way to break a habit is to replace the habit. 
you know. Yeah, I've heard that too. And that's the thing. It's like you replace the habit with something else. So, I mean, I get it. You know, when that's when people start smoking cigarettes, they end up with pretzels or something like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But it, it's kind of like you have to find out what it is that you know that you're ingesting and, and replace it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to replace it. And go ahead. You're about to say it's, it's interesting you say that because I don't know why this just popped up in my head. But you remember I used to watch all those reality shows and you would hate it. Yeah, <laughs> and you like you need to watch something else. You need to do something else. I don't know what I replaced it with though, but it just fell by the wayside. Yeah, well, see, we we just started doing more stuff. I yeah, mean, different things. You just yeah. got busy. I mean, yeah. obviously, remember, I think Marky was still a baby, but and then or even mm, it was before then. I was, think. Yeah, see, we, it was just us. So yeah, my thing is, but I even back then I knew like. Oh, even when I was in college, I mean, I did presentations on subliminal messaging and all that stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I knew it all correlated. I'm like, what you listen to, what you watch. I mean, people say, oh, that's not affecting me. It's not affecting me. I can listen to it. I can listen to it. But they don't know. Like, no, it's planting something in your spirit. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. I mean, in the Bible, call them cockatrice eggs or in the spirit. So it's so many different things that can be planted in people with that without them even knowing it. And they wonder why. They got these situations coming up like you was in Texas Roadhouse the other day. He's like, that was about months ago now. But I don't know what happened. He's like, I don't know what just took over me. Because they got the whole little corona pandemic little Ooh, table COVID thing. We don't even want to like, like we rather prefer a booth. But they're going to put a smack dab in the center. Next of, to people. It didn't make sense. But I mean, but you remember, I mean, you said it, you said it yourself, man. I don't know what to call. No, me. yeah, I, <laughs> I know I said it because at that time I didn't, you know, I didn't, I still don't know what, but it did. All I know is their rules did not make sense. They, they don't. A lot of stuff that they do. Don't make and sense. that just, I, I don't know. It was just, it was out of my character. Exactly. But see, a lot of people don't understand when those things happen, you know, where it came from a lot of people don't understand that there are repercussions to what people ingest and people don't think about that like that's why here at the jones production our emphasis is about what is being produced in you like what you watch what you listen to all of that stuff is going to play a role in your your personality your behavior your conscious your subconscious Mm -hmm. it's going to bleed off into your life so i mean yes i'm gonna talk about music obviously music being the number one influence because it does you know have a form of coercion in it because it's actually bypassing your conscious right into your subconscious and giving you all types of just random suggestions that you can't even really control or you can't even choose to ignore because of the music element Mm. a lot of people don't understand that that is having an impact on their psyche and that's why i'm against so much music out there because i mean at the end of the day when you look at society as a whole and you look at what they listen to and now you look at how it's so degraded i mean it's just it's it they look it look like a duck and (laughs) it's a duck man it's the music (laughs) it's like man People, they just don't even care. And it's happening right in the eyes. But everybody is so inundated and caught up with their favorite artist or their favorite singer because they're emotionally soul tied with this person that they listen to on a regular basis. And they can't even see it. I mean, I get it. I was there. You know, I was caught up in the music thing. I had my R&B. I had my rap. I had all of that. Even my old school. You know, all of that. 
You know, and I'm I mean, I will attack it. Oh, man, that's why my man, it, this is this is a subject matter where I truly believe that this is probably going to be you know, something that the Lord may call me to stand up and do. I mean, you got G. Craig down in Texas. He the only person I know that's standing strong against all of it. But he got it. It's the truth. I mean, it is what it is. It ain't nobody calling it like it is. You got all these people out here literally going crazy and not even being able to focus because their mind is being inundated with all of these subliminal messages from these music. From the, I mean... That's just like I said when you said this this whole the church thing because I truly believe that's the transition. That that is I can tell you right now, the music was the biggest transition that I had to make once I became born again. Mm -hmm. Once I became born again, that was the hardest transition because I had all my albums. I mean, I listened to you know all my rap you know mm -hmm. i have my i have 415s in my escape four 415s <laughs> kicker l3 comps <laughs> i have four and it's like i had to buy the amps i had my eclipse had 15s in it i had bought me infinity capitalist all the way around i mean i was you talk about a music i you couldn't tell me nothing you could you could hear me coming Mm -hmm. I couldn't hear you, <laughs> but, but I was serious about my music, but that was hard. You right. know, that was hard for me to, to change because, you know, I was so, I, it, it meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. But one thing I can say that helped the transition was transitioning my music style. You know, right. obviously, you know, you got so much talk about and this is again this is all about the church being born again so you got so much talk about christian rap you got people hating on christian rap and stuff like that and i mean i'm not all for christian rap. i don't even listen to christian rap right now but i can say that it did play his moment right. it helped me tremendously season. i couldn't even, i ain't gonna lie i'm not sure where i would be had i not listened to christian rap because i mean it literally was that replacement Right. That I was able to use to get me off the little boost, get me off the young Jeezy, get me off the Three Six Mafia, Project Pat, and all those who I used to listen to. It mm -hmm. was able to get me off of that style of music to something that was more edifying. Right. I mean, let's be real. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna be able to go listen to Project Pat. You know, I'm I can't. You can't listen to that and then turn around Saturday night. I'm listening to Project Pat, you know, talking about if you ain't from my hood, you can get from around here. And I'm going up to church singing, you know, every praise is to our God. How does that even look? Like, what kind of hypocrite? <laughs> like, you, you go from if you ain't from my hood, you can get from around here to hallelujah, praise you, Lord. Like, no, it don't work that way. And my thing is, that's not organic and that's not fruitful and it. It, it pisses me off the simple fact that you got so many people out here that's not going to stand on the side. That's not going to take a side. You got so many people out here that are turn around and promote, you know, hip hop and promote, promote rap. But then they turn around and go on the Christian side and try to claim Christ. Now, I get it. You can. I mean, I'm not saying I'm sitting there saying you can't believe in rap, but you can't. There is no way you can mix dirty with clean. Mm -hmm. There is no way you can mix Drake with Anybody else from the real gospel world that's really, you know, singing, you know, uh, whoever, like, let's say, for instance, Maverick City Worship. Mm -hmm. you, you're not going to be able to mix that. That don't go hand in hand. I mean, you got the Illuminati, you got the devil, you got the sixes on that side, but you got praise the Lord, glory to the highest on this side. How is that even going to mix? How's that even going to match? You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people, 
They just don't realize how powerful. They don't realize how much of a, of a weapon music is. Yeah. They don't realize how how detrimental it is to one's spiritual walk. How how, how it is to today actual they spirit man. That's what I'm trying to get to. Is your spirit man? I mean, but man, you got me fired. Man, talking about this is like man. I'm ready to go get a blowhorn and go. You know, just. Get on a corner downtown and on State Street and just go in. <laughs> but so, what tips do we have to help somebody transition um, to a to so, a clean? Uh, I mean, I it, it's really gonna be you know just. You got to really do a, you know, a real deep down self-examining of yourself and what you really want. Right, yeah. Because that's where it's going to start. Because my thing is, you get so many people, you know, the old school saying, you know, I done took two steps forward and took three steps back right. and stuff like that. You know, and E.T. said it this way, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, but that goes true in if you really, really want transition, you got to really want it for real. You got to ask yourself, like, is this really, really what I want? You know, if I if I really want to follow God, what am I really going to accept? What, what, what am I going to get rid of? Well, right. I got a video. I'm going to post this video. I did it back in 2018. I'm going to edit it. But I did a video back when I made the decision to really follow God wholeheartedly. And I I poured out everything. I mean, I remember we used to buy Patron by the gallon. I remember we didn't have weed. I had Zannies. I had Adderall. I had, you know, all kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I even poured the beer out. So it's like, I'm like, I'm getting rid of everything. When I made that, that moment, I didn't know. I mean, my mind was just so focused on following God. I'm like, if it was anything that could possibly be in my way, I'm just going to get rid of it. I didn't care what it was. I mean, I drink a brew now, but it's like at that moment, I, my mind was made up. Like, right. you're not, I, I'm, I'm following God everywhere. Everything that's in me, I'm doing this. Ain't nobody going to stop me. So I feel like that's what it's going to take for anyone to truly make the transition and, and actually start to walk it out because What's going to happen is anybody that's a hypocrite or anyone that's like kind of just scared to do it or they kind of want to do it, then they're going to end up going back. They're going to end up reverting back to, you know, their old habits. They're going to have, you know, some weed stuffed off somewhere in a drawer or something like that. And then they're going to be going through a a hard situation that they can't take. And then it's going to be up one night. They're going to get back home and and ain't got nothing else. But they're going to find that that one little maybe roach that they got somewhere. And they're about to light that roach up. And then before you know it, they back on. So it's like you the thing is you got to be serious. You got to be cut though with it. And and it it is literally I mean the Bible talks talks about it. You got to count the cost to see if you have sufficient enough to finish. I mean, that's really what it's about. And I truly believe that counting the cost is examining yourself to see if you be in the faith. Like really look to see okay, is this really what I want? Mm-hmm. And if and if you don't then keep it 100 and, and don't do it. You know, don't sit up there and try to, you know, be like, "Oh, I want to change. I want to change. I want to do it." I mean, yes. I can admit I was the person that wanted it, but I didn't want it bad enough. So that's why there has been situations where I didn't made it this far. Oh, it happened again. I made it this far. Oh, it happened again. You got to really, really for real examine that. So that's my advice is, is first you got to do, you got to take inventory. You got to take inventory on what your true motives are. Like, 
I know at Quigalons, they used to ask us, what is your why? You know, what is your why? You know, why are you doing this? You know, and uh, I know Jamal, you know, he has the five pillars. And I'm about to pull it up. He said faith, family, finance, fitness, and freedom. You know, so when you think about those five pillars, faith, family, finance, fitness, and freedom, you know, obviously he used that to make the base all his decisions off of. So, I mean, when you take that into consideration, obviously, if you're in a mindset to where now that is now a focal point where you've already got, you know, securing yourself, you've found yourself, you know who you are, then you can look at doing your decisions based off of that. But until then, you need to really examine yourself to say, okay, well, where am I at for real? And where do I need to go? What do I, what am I struggling with? You know, what is it, you know, get this book and look at these and look at this, uh, this psychosocial developmental uh, QR code. In fact, I think it's right here on page, let's see here, on page seven right here. You can probably even scan the QR code from the, uh, from the thing, but the, yep, there it go right there. Eric Erickson's A Stages of Psychosocial Developmental Process. So that's that's another thing you need to turn around and go and examine. Sometimes it takes going back to go forward. Just like I had to take that pay cut to start that quick and to be able to get to a position where I can make enough money to buy a house and do everything that I want to do, you know, that I couldn't do before. So you got to sometimes go back to the beginning to find out where you hung up at. But that's really going to be, you know, different for everybody. So that's, I mean... When I when you say what are some steps that you can take, is write it on paper. You know, practical steps. Get a pen and paper, and write down what you struggle with. Write down you know the things that you want to change, and then you gotta write down. You gotta write reasons. Write reasons on the next to it. Write reasons. Write down the reasons why you want to change it. And I mean, I feel like once you get stuff out on the paper, you know, you can't, again, like I said it before, you can't hide from that. You can't play with that. It's on, it's written. It is written. Just like the Bible said, it is written. So now that you've written, written it down, it's like now you got to examine it and say, okay, now is this valid? Does this make sense? Is it a strong enough, you know, uh, is it a strong enough why to keep me going? You know, so that's one thing that you got to do. So I would say start there. Start there. Write everything down, you know, just as I said, and then, you know, uh, Take it up a notch, you know, go practice, you know, practice whatever it is and write down your goals, drill down. I know at Sprint, back in the Sprint days, we used to call it the drill downs. You know, you have to drill down. Okay, so if my reasons is this, why do I want to do this? Why? Ask yourself why. And then you and then write that down and then do another drill down right next to that. Write down why again. Why? And keep drilling down until you get to that point where you struck gold to the core of your soul. You realizing like, what is the very core of my reasoning? What is the very foundation of my value system? Because that's really what it's gonna get to. It's gonna get. It's gonna make. It's gonna really bring you to the to the bare bones of your foundation of who you are, and it's gonna pretty much make you really be real with yourself as the true nature of your value system. I mean. That's really what it's going to do. And that's where you start. If you don't do that, then I don't believe this is going to work for anybody. I mean, it may work for somebody, but that's my advice. That's my tips. All right. Ain't nothing else? <laughs> no, nope, ain't nothing else. Okay. Just make sure that you go to YouTube, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Let us know what goals you have that you would like to change in the comments. That's it. Over and out. Over and out.
Join us next week for a new episode. For more content, visit us at www.ajonesproduction.com. Follow us on Instagram at a Jones Production LLC and like us on Facebook at a Jones Production. Thank you.